3, 4. Hello and welcome to Divination Night. This is season three and I have forgotten what episode we're on, but tonight joining me is special guest. Please, please introduce yourself. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Bill Dubendak, and it is wonderful to be here tonight. I've been looking forward to it. Thank you so much for doing that. I, like I told you pre pre-show i did not want to mess up your name i wanted to make sure that people heard and, and understood it clearly that's all good better okay. to ask like you did than naturally assume and get it wrong no uh they always i was always told if you assume it makes an ass out of you yep <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay so um we are here tonight to uh, offer readings. If anyone wants one, please put your date of birth in the comment section. And if you have a question, that would be great. Otherwise, let's get into talking about you. So can, can I go into how I found you? Yes, please do. <laughs> I've been curious about this. Um, you have a West Virginia connection. Ah, okay. <laughs> and so I found you um I found you through your classes with the Gaiden out of Princeton, West Virginia. And um I've seen you've been doing a wide range of classes. So I am just overwhelmed at your vast knowledge so i whenever i saw that you were a reader and and i mean just the list of everything you did i was like please please don't let him be like no <laughs> you're too puny for me yeah no i try not to i try not to be that way because there's too many people out there like that yeah. You were so cool and so gracious about everything. I love your energy. So thank you very much. You are greatly appreciated. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, we've been doing classes now uh, for months, if not over a year, and it's been going great. I love meeting all the new people. So so how if, if, how does someone... Well, first, you know, how do you do classes remotely? Because you're not from West Virginia. Right. So this is actually something uh, I think you'll get a kick out of the story. Pre-COVID, back in like 2015 or so, I had this idea that we're doing now. And basically what it is, is I go in over the Internet through Zoom to them. And I think they hook it up to a digital data projector and they plaster it on the wall. So I can look out at everybody sitting there and everybody can look at me. That is cool. That is very, very awesome. Yeah, and so we did it for like uh, several months or a year where it was just me in the shop. And then this year we decided to open it up to other people in other areas that might wanna take the Zoom live part of it. Okay, so so now you're not just you know, projecting to 
you know, people that come to the Gaia Den. So me being, you know, here in Clarksburg, I could also join in. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that changes everything. <laughs> yeah. The first one we did, uh, a lady that I know here in uh, St. Louis, who's a friend of mine, jumped in on it. Okay. So uh, let's talk about the different types of classes that you've been doing there. So just generally, just generally. yeah. So there, I've been doing a lot of basic classes, fundamental classes, because from what I'm hearing from people, there's a real need for that. And the reason there's a need for it is because the explosion on TikTok of uh, witch talk and uh, you know various social media outlets and how it's been growing over the last ten years or so. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of what fueled it. I also have free classes on my YouTube channel. Uh, as you probably saw on my website, I've got a lot more than that. But I like to have classes available more or less aimed at beginners. And the reason for that is because I want to protect people from the pitfalls that I had when I was getting started, mm -hmm. which is not having available resources so you get suckered into a lot of bullshit ideas and beliefs and behavior so i like to be the guy that comes in and says well that could be right subjectively here's another way to look at it or sometimes where the hell did you get that from that's not anything historical that's something brand new and that does not mean it's invalid but don't try and pass it off as traditional yeah and then, fortunately, we've we've gotten into a society that it's like that with the newer generation that's coming up. And so many of our elders that were the teachers are, you know, retiring and passing on. And it's nobody's really stepping up into the place. And the ones that are aren't learning properly. Right, exactly. And some of it is an educational system issue. Mm -hmm. uh, the same kind of classes aren't taught now as used to be taught. And those classes in particular have to do with critical thinking. So it's not like uh, you can't blame the person as much as some people would like to. It's more a social defect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hello, Brenda. Thank you for joining us. Um, so we are, we are talking about, uh, di different classes. So, um, what was, what was your last class that you taught? The last one I did there was on the Egyptian, uh, Pantheon. Oh yeah. And before that we did one on the Celts and then coming up a week from tomorrow, the next class is going to be on sigils. Oh, great. So how do people get uh set up with that how how did they come to take your next class uh usually i tell people to either email me or uh gaia den either way okay. if they're not in the, the princeton west virginia area then i just have people email me directly because then that removes them from the equation and i know shop owners have enough on their plate anyway right right um okay so that's that connection. 
where where else are you? Uh, where where do people look for you at? So digitally, I'm all over the place. I always tell people I'm like a rash on social media. I'm pretty much on all the major ones: it, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, MeWe, WordPress pretty much any of those I've got a profile on. And even if people are not on social media, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, my website is billduvendack.com. But I've also had people from Texas. I live in, in St. Louis, and I've had people from Texas tell me the way that they found me was to go to their search engine and just type in Bill Astrology in St. Louis, and it pulls up. So I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, and I like that visibility out there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's one of those, we'll call it problem areas of occult society where somebody uses a non plume and then it's hard to find them because everybody uses that kind of name. Mm -hmm. You know, so I try and keep it nice and simple. And and we have your uh, Facebook page sent out in our comment section. So uh, awesome. they can they can find you there, and um, and where else? So what's what's the name of your website? Uh, BillDuvendack.com. Can you spell your name? Yes, I can. B is in boy, I L L. D is in David, U. V is in Victor, E. N is in Nancy, D is in David, A C K. Got it. Thank you so very much. Just, you are quite just wanna, welcome. Just want to clarify that for those who may be watching later or, you know, listening later. Um, because give a shout out because we this will be uploaded to Spotify. Mm, and, okay. and, and we are currently live on YouTube and um, in uh, Facebook as well. So we we span out here <laughs> um all right so is is there anything that you're working on on now that you can give a sneak peek at actually yeah there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that's why i haven't been on social media as much the last couple months oh I'm... so you're about to spill some tea yep a little bit later this year is going to be a lot of it I'm okay. working on a new book on the Egyptian pantheon. I'm working on a piece to contribute to an anthology on Sekhmet. An anthology on Horus is coming out later this year that's going to have an essay of mine in it. I'm working on a new book on planetary magic. I'm also working on a new book uh, that's going to cover left-hand path material for the people that are into that. Mm -hmm. And around Samhain this year, I'm going to have the next book in my Emanian Press series come out. And the topic of that is going to be the higher self, your ascended self, your holy guardian angel, what is the ego. Uh, so it's going to really focus on a lot of those greater consciousness kind of themes and topics. So like diving diving into the shadow self a little bit probably touching on it yeah yeah probably uh, that's our uh yeah 
little mini plug here. That's our theme for Central West Virginia Pagan Pride this year is working in the shadows about digging deeper into ourselves and learning who we are. Nice. Nice. That's a good theme. And you know, really, the world has had to face that for the last three years. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And people aren't coming out of it very easy. They're nope. struggling a little bit, so I, I and and I don't make the the themes. They are told to me, and I know I don't have to explain that to you. You're shaking your head. You know exactly what I mean. You just do. You just follow what you're told. Ah, uh, it depends. <laughs> you know, my mom would say no. <laughs> But I've known people through the years that say that I do, so it depends on the subject. Spiritually, where whenever you receive messages, you follow. Uh, no, I question them. Okay. And I, that's a philosophy I get from Aleister Crowley. To paraphrase one of his famous phrases, he says you should doubt everything and doubt it often, but then when it happens, you should even doubt the fact that you doubted. So I always ask questions. I, I I love that. I do. I I believe he was a brilliant man. Yeah, he was. He was a little bit crazy, but yeah, I, he I was. Bat, oh, he was batshit crazy. But you know, all genius comes with a touch of madness. So it uh, yeah, happens. yeah, it does. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Okay. So I know it's a little bit early, but let's go into our first break. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk uh, how you do your readings. Okay. What types of readings you do. Okay. Hi, I'm Dottie the Psychic, and I'm sure you're wondering why I'm not wearing any makeup. Well, one reason is to irritate my social media manager, Asa Knight. Hi, Asen. The other reason is because I like to get to the naked truth about what it means to be a neurodivergent LGBT person with psychic abilities. I've got vlogs, blogs, and podcasts, and videos all related to trying to live my best life and helping witches and bitches do the same thing. So... You can check all that out and get a reading from Dottie the Psychic at D-O-T-T-I-E the Psychic.com. Safe travel and much profit to you. Do you have a cute pet? We know you do. Each week, Tracy Van chooses from submitted photos a featured reader for her Facebook page and provides a tarot reading. Your adorable pet cat, dog, rabbit, goat, chicken, snake, or more could be her next featured reader. Visit TracyVan.com, T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com, and click Featured Reader to submit. We look forward to seeing your pet next. Hey everybody, Lady Gwendolyn here, and I am here to tell you how to get in contact with me and a little bit about what I do. I am the High Priestess that works with shadow work to help you grow and heal, and I work with um, access bars, Reiki, I 
do power forms. I'm recently getting into crystal healing, sound therapy as well. So you can go to Lady Gwendolyn Healing. That is L-A-D-Y-G-W-E-N-D-O-L-Y-N-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. Book your appointment with me. I do in person. I do over the phone. I do over Zoom. We can do that as well. Um, my main goal is to help you grow and heal because I've been there. I'm still going through it and let my strength help guide you. See you soon. Hey everybody, Natalie here from the Pendulum's Path. If you are in need of guidance, direction, spiritual connection, healing, or more, you have come to the right place. I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, their past healings, their blockages, and what they need to know in order for them to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would come to my website at www.thependulumspath.com, visit my shop. I have a whole bunch of crystals, oils, bombs, mystery boxes, and more. And visit my services. I offer 15-minute, 30-minute, and 60-minute sessions. I also have email readings available if you're not comfortable with the one-on-one session with me, or if you just want to try me out. I encourage you to come visit me at the Pendulum's Path, and let's get you back on the right track today. All right, everybody, welcome back. And we have your website up in the comment section as well. So we're getting out there. (laughs) It's all good. Okay, so let's talk about how you do your readings. So first, let's start off by defining whether you want to discuss tarot or astrology or... All across the board, what do you do? Just start so, listening. That works. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I am a professional tarot reader, and I do it uh, at psychic fairs. I do it individually, both in person and digitally. I've been reading tarot cards for 29 years, but I've been doing it professionally for about 15. Okay. The other kind of readings that I do are astrology readings. I do natal charts for people, solar return charts, specialty charts. So when it comes time to do readings for people, I get the information from them based on the system that I'm using. Okay. You know, so for example, a lot of times when I do a tarot reading, I don't necessarily need birth information like I would if I was doing a chart. Okay. But if somebody knows that information, well, of course, I'll take it. It'll fill in a lot of gaps and make the reading more accurate. Mm-hmm. One of my strengths when it comes to readings is kind of, uh, I'm, I'm a no bullshit kind of guy. So if I see something, yeah. So if I see something bad in a reading, we're going to talk about it and it might get intimate and it might get messy, but that's, it's not my agenda. Yeah, it's that that's what I am seeing and I'm going to tell you, but I am not going to be brutally honest. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to tell you, here's what it is and here's alternative ways to deal with it. You're seeing it for a reason. And the work that you do is helping them through it. Exactly. And even if they walk away from the reading saying, fuck that guy, I still got them (laughs) thinking about the subject. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. You planted a seed and you just hope it grows. Exactly. Yeah. Hello, Rachel. Thank you for joining us. We are accepting readings tonight. So right now we are talking different types of, uh, of readings that you do. So, um, how would, how would, okay. So if do they just book with you to get a reading, like, like for an astrology reading, you, you, like, how would you do that? So you're right. Uh, some people Facebook message me for readings. I try and move them to emails because it's easier for me to keep track of emails. But in order to get an astrological chart, you need your birth, month, day, year, place, and time. Mm -hmm. And of all the information, usually the time is what trips people up. It's not always on the birth certificate or maybe the parents are dead, you know, so that's the hard part. And for me, that's a problem because there is a technique in astrology called chart rectification where you can reverse engineer the time of birth. Okay. But I don't know that skill. <laughs> There's only but so much I can learn. Me. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I've been waiting for the last couple of years to get good at it, but every time I get set to learn it, something comes up and throws a monkey wrench in. Always happens. Yeah, but there are good professional astrologers out there that do rectification, so it is pretty easy to find. If you went online and looked up chart rectification, whatever sponsored ads pulled up are probably going to be credible astrologers because your average astrologer just does not advertise this because it is kind of a pain in the ass system. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it's nice to know that it's like a bad tattoo and it can be fixed. That's And that's the main thing. <laughs> A lot of people think, well, I don't have my birth time. Well, I'm just out of luck. But no, that's not true. A good astrologer uh, can figure it out. Good. Because we know when the planets move through the sky and how they interact with your natal chart. Good. That's, that's good. Okay, what other ways do you use? What other tools? So right now, I'm mostly using tarot and astrology for divination. In the past, I have done clairvoyant messages in a gallery type setting. So I am, uh, I am a clairvoyant for almost 10 years. I was a legally certified medium in Missouri. So that is just connecting with somebody's energy and, you know, going through there. But at different points during my spiritual evolution, I have played around with other systems too. The runes, uh, the agam a couple of years ago, uh, semi-precious gemstones. You know, all of these things can be used as divination. But I'm not reading entrails, at least not publicly now. No, no. no too much controversy. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite? style that for you so my favorite one to use is astrology but my favorite style for me is the tarot okay 
Okay. It's small, it's portable. If you know astrology, you get more out of a tarot reading than if you don't. I my favorite deck, and I don't have it in here. I, I have it in in my at my desk. Um, is the celestial tarot where hmm. it has the uh, constellations on it. That's a beautiful deck. I, I know that deck. It's that's my favorite. So, what is your favorite deck? So I've got really two favorites. Okay. Neither one I read with publicly, really. Uh, first and foremost is the deck that I helped create with Azanoth Mason. It's called the Oraculum Leviathan Tarot. It's based on the uh, left-hand path draconian tradition. Mm -hmm. And to give people an idea, it is a little bit darker themed deck. Okay. So, of course, that's my favorite because... I wrote the book and she did the artwork. So why wouldn't it be? Right. Uh, but sometimes it can be a little too much for people to handle. There's another card with the inverted pentagram there at the top. Okay. But then the other favorite deck that I've got is uh, Crowley's Thoth deck. I have that one as well. It's an intense deck. Yes, it is. Like... Uh... And, and I don't think, I mean, the imagery is powerful, but the energy from working with it is intense. It is. And some people even say it's uh, overwhelming or it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah I don't, it can be. I mean, and it's, it's, it's how you handle things in at your... I have to say this, I'm not trying to be mean about it or anything, but it has to be at your your level. Like, like you have to be at a certain professional level in order to handle that because of the mentality. The first deck the first deck I ever got was the medieval Scapini deck back in ninety-four. The second one I got was the Thoth deck. Yeah. I tried to learn on the Thoth and couldn't. So then I went back to the Scapini. Uh, and what's funny about that is neither one of these are suggested beginner tarot decks. No. They're both, you know, the Scapini deck is more or less a reconstructionist type from the Renaissance. And Crowley's Thoth deck is just way the hell out there. And usually tarot readers say to learn on the rider weight deck because mm -hmm. it's so universal but i did not start off that way and a little tip for the beginners i probably should have started off that way because it meant that for many years that i was learning the tarot i could not carry on conversations with other readers because i had no clue what the hell they were talking about i only knew crowley's thought oh Okay. And it makes a lot of changes between that and the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. So what is, so your deck, let's tell, tell talk about what is your, where did you get the inspiration for this deck? The inspiration really came from the fact that there was no high quality left-hand path tarot deck at the time. Mm -hmm. So we decided, uh, me, her, and the publisher, Become a Living God, decided to make one. We saw a need. 
you know, and we decided to put it together and put it out there, but we put a draconian spin on it. So it's not, we'll say mainstream left-hand path. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different. It's a little more primal. It's a little bit raw. And that was really about it. So what, um, let's see. What is your favorite card out of that deck with the imagery? Oh, 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 putting me (laughs) on the spot here. Making me earn my keep. What's up with that? Well, I know it's hard because these are your babies. And you like, how do you choose between your children? Right, exactly. I see what you're doing there. (laughs) No, it's the it's the magician card. It's the one you would think. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so can you get up a little bit closer to, to the camera with it? Okay. There we Let's go. Nice. I like that. I like that imagery. Yeah. It's so that's powerful. my favorite, but in most cards, the magician card or in most decks, the magician card's my favorite, with a with some exceptions. You know, but I really like that one. It's got a lot of implied symbolism. My second favorite card in the deck, if I can find it real quick, is uh, the Fool. Okay. And the reason for that, there it is. Is It's him descending descending into a cave, not at the top of a mountain. Oh. So it's got some ties there to like, uh plato's cave going to the underworld of your subconscious to find the answers you need rather than free falling off of a cliff so where can we get a copy of this deck <laughs> become a living god.com okay yep i i i want i i want to see the whole deck because my favorite let's do a reading on me i'll put i'll put you on the spot again my favorite card no this is just off of my favorite card you tell me what you think about me okay my favorite card is the queen of pentacles well it should be you've got all that virgo the queen of pentacles is nothing but virgo (laughs) (laughs) okay okay so because well okay the reason that this that's kind of funny is in the celestial tarot deck the queen of pentacles represents taurus and the princess of pentacles represents virgo and see in astrology right in the thoth deck uh the princess of of pentacles is taurus and the queen of pentacles is virgo it's flipped Really? Yeah, and you know, a lot of people don't stop to consider that when it comes to the tarot is that when they're reading books on the court card specifically, there is no, this is correct and this is wrong. It's all subjective when you are dealing with uh, the court cards in particular. Mm -hmm. So there is no right or wrong way. Now in this deck, that's the Queen of Pentacles. It's based on the Norse goddess Hel. Oh. Because that's where the riches are kept. Oh, wow. I love that. And that's that's usually anytime anyone has a different deck that I've ever seen, I'm like, show me the queen. 
I gotta see what she looks like. Um, so, okay, and and another, you talked about it being switched. So in in my celestial, it has the uh, pentacles representing uh, springtime. Mm, okay. Wouldn't that be more representation of fall? Because the spring and fall cards are, are like, like the water is like a representation of spring, I thought. And, and this has, it is fall. It has like the spring and fall switched. Well, and you know, that's, that's a perfect example of uh, the subjective interpretation of the person that did the deck. Mm-hmm. Because I generally equate Earth with winter. Oh, okay. Be and water with on... spring, like we're talking about for that. Yeah. But you equate Earth with autumn. And the whole reason this matters is because it really doesn't matter what your correspondences for the deck are. You know, that's your personal symbolism. But then uh -huh. there's the universal symbolism, which is the universal language that anybody speaks. And I'm pointing that out because sometimes people get so caught on their subjective symbolism set that they lose the bar of comparison against the universal symbolism. So they can't see where they deviate from the established practice. And like I said, there's no wrong, you know, there's no right or wrong about it. But if somebody that doesn't know your personal symbolism says, well, I think you got this wrong, then the reader should be able to say, well, here's where my correlations come from. Season to your personal preference. Yeah. Because isn't reading all about, you know, looking and, and getting, you know, seeing what you draw off of it for the person? It's, I mean, I, I, I love that the books come with it to learn about, you know, everything. But what the person that bought the cards don't vibe with that but love and correspond with the pictures it, exactly and that's that's what you get too is another way of reading tarot cards where you don't read the book that comes with it you use the pictures to guide your intuition mm. mm -hmm. like i i like i i myself i you know of course you basic correlation but at the same time Whenever I see those cards, it glitches me. Th that switches, I, I glitch every single time. And then for a split second, I'm like, all right, get it together. Let's get back into that. So do you have, because with, with your experience, do you have any suggestions uh, on so, how to... Well, so that? if you're doing readings for others... Yeah. My suggestion is just play, play it off. So when you see it and you have that psychological glitch, be honest with the person. Say, whoa, this is interesting. Or, oh, shit, didn't expect to see that. Or, whoa, hold on a minute. What? 
make it part of your presentation you know don't try and hide it because if you sit there quiet and you're like well i'm not so sure they're going to lose their faith in you as a reader yeah you know so if you're like well didn't expect that or oh that's interesting of course they're gonna ask interesting how yeah and then that sets the stage as a segue to the rest of the reading yeah absolutely um I had another question right right on the tip of that and and I forgot it. So it is about that time we we will take our second break and we'll come back and we will uh, talk about how to get in contact with you, find you, you know, all the good lowdown. Sounds good to me. This is fun. <laughs> all right, thank you. We'll be right back. Welcome back, goblins! My name is Jason, and I am the host of the Esoteric Book Club, a podcast that examines titles on the magical, paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. I release two episodes a month in which I review books on esoteric topics, recap news of the weird, and conduct interviews with authors, practitioners, and experiencers. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on every major podcast service or can be streamed directly from esotericbookclub.org. Hi, I'm Tracy Van. I provide a blended reading consisting of mediumship, psychic, and tarot cards. A reading from me can cover any guidance you need from relationships with your partner or your family, spiritual, financial, any questions you may need clarity on. If you would like to book an appointment with me, check out my website, tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com. I have bookings from 15 to 60 minutes you may choose from. That helps if you just have a quick question, need an answer, or if you're looking for a reading in more depth, I'm here to provide the guidance and clarity for you. Uh, let's just figure it out. Bye. Hi, Techie Joe here. I work with Asa Knight and some of the best psychics in West Virginia to create amazing live streams and podcasts for the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. Together, we brew up great content discussing news, events, hot topics, and more, all from a psychic perspective. On The Psychic Coffee Shop, we interview amazing authors in the metaphysical realm. Coffee and Tea combines Asen with Tracy, Dottie, Natalie, or Lady Gwendolyn for the good and the bad of being a psychic. Shameless self-promotion with Dottie the Psychic talks to leading and emerging YouTubers and business owners in our community. Mountain Bears brings you the latest in LGBT news and politics. The Psychic That Plans answers the question of, well, how a psychic plans. Plus, we're live on air. We take your comments and your questions, including psychic advice questions. Check out our amazing programming, book an appointment with top psychics, and find out all the wonderful things we have to offer at PCSBnetwork.com today. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Ace and Knight. I provide tarot readings covering everything from love and relationships to your life questions and your spiritual answers. And also, I provide a lot of guidance and finances and divorces and all those relationship problems. So, if you'd like to get a reading from me privately, not on air, you can feel free to do so by visiting aceandnight.com and booking your appointment. I also provide on-demand services, so if your life is a little chaotic, you can go ahead and click that call now button there on my site, right for a quick answer question. All right, guys, back to the show. Enjoy. All right, and we are back. And Allison, thank you for joining us. Hello, darling. And if you would like a reading, please say so. We are, we are here for a few more minutes. Um, okay, so do you have any particular places that you go locally to fairs or festivals that uh, they can find you at? Yeah, and I've got a lot of places. I haven't really been talking about them. They're places here in person in the St. Louis area that I do work with. Okay. There is a shop in Festus, Missouri, which is about half an hour south of St. Louis, called Alchemy Gallery, where I try to read at their psychic fairs when I'm in town. And otherwise, I teach classes there. There's a shop over in Granite City, Illinois, which is the east part of the metro area, where I just started doing classes there. I just uh, entered into an agreement with the St. Louis Paranormal Research Society to do classes and readings at their location down here in the city. And, uh, of course, the Gaia Den for the remote stuff. And I'd like to expand the remote stuff the way they're doing it uh, because there's a lot of shops that can that can benefit from this because then they don't have to look at paying a national speaker travel fees and all this, that, and the other. You know, it's yeah. cheaper. There's also a shop called Echoes of Eternity that's opening soon in Farmington, Missouri, which is a little bit further south of Festus from here, and I'll be doing classes there too. And that's just in the metro area. But then nationally, I try and hit up a lot of festivals. So I read at a lot of psychic fairs that travel. I go to uh, pagan festivals at places like uh, Camp Midian in Indiana for the Babylon Rising Festival, for the Oak Spirit Sanctuary. Uh, tribe out here that's a couple hours west of us in Columbia, Missouri, Brittany Woods, which is about an hour south of here. But I've also presented at the Greater New Orleans Pagan Pride Day and the Wildfire Beltane Hunt. I presented at the Left Hand Path Consortium in Indiana, St. Louis, Atlanta, and uh, the UK. Wow. So I've done stuff. I used to present at PantheaCon out in California when it was still around. The Kansas City PRS group, I would do readings there. And there's uh, holistic fairs that I'm getting involved in locally here. But as you can see, most of this is centered on the Midwest. Yeah. I do travel internationally. I've done readings on four different continents. But travel-wise... The older I get, the more I'm being selective with it. 
You have put in your dues. <laughs> I've tried. You have. Like I, I got cold chills. So spirits <laughs> agrees with me. Nice. We'll take it. Validation is good. So, so you, you put it. You. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, where has has been your favorite place that you have traveled outside? the country oh easy egypt well i was you know that was kind of a dumb question since uh no it's, you it's... talked about your path here yeah no in in 2010 i went with a tour group of the metaphysical organization astara and we were in egypt for 10 days and it was about six weeks before arab spring hit Oh, okay. So, so it was a hell of an adventure. <laughs> what was what would the weather be like for their winter? So there went we went the reason we went is we went in September right around equinox of 2010 and the reason we did that is because that is their winter or the beginning of their winter and temperatures were down to 110 degrees. <laughs> I would never survive. <laughs> never. Bury me right there as soon as I get off the plane. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's why we picked that time of the year because it was a cooler time of the year. Ramadan had just got done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. It was hot. <laughs> um. So your research into uh, the Egyptian. Uh, I know I did not say that right. <laughs> it's um, all good. But uh, so have you been able to find a lot of information or did you get a lot of information while you were there? Uh, both. And you okay. know, that's one of the real interesting things about it is I, have, I don't make any claims to be an Egyptologist. Yeah. That's academia. I'm more into the occult and the mystical side. Yeah. But I learned so much from our tour guides there that you don't learn unless you go to the country. For example, it's not called the Sahara Desert. It's called the Sahara because the word Sahara means desert. The name of the river, we pronounce it the Nile. That is not how it's pronounced. It's pronounced Nile. Oh. You get little things like this by actually going there and talking to the people that do it professionally for a living. Because they're always going to give you like little inside tips and tricks and stuff as well anyway. And, and who has the, I mean, okay, so since you got to go there and I will never get to <laughs> What was your favorite part about your exploration? Oh, wow. Probably reciting the uh, Rite of the Bornless One in the King's Sarcophagus. Oh, wow. Performing the ritual astrally. Yeah, that was probably it. Second would be the initiation at Saqqara that we did. Wow. Yeah. Very powerful. <laughs> Very powerful. Um, okay. Uh, 
again, I, I know I had something that I really wanted to ask you about. Um, so, so since nobody got to see you do a reading, will you go ahead and do a reading on me when we finish this up? Of course. Okay. Because I'm really, I'm really excited about your decks that you're using anyway. So. Yeah, and you know, I try to be very careful when talking to other tarot practitioners because I got a lot of experience and my experience is different than what a lot of others, uh, of other readers. And here, here's an example of that. Uh, I've talked to many readers and they say, well, if I've only got 15 minutes to do a tarot reading, I'll just do a three card spread because you can't get through a whole Celtic cross layout in 10 minutes. And I scream bullshit and pretty much read a Celtic cross layout as my standard, as my standard reading, regardless of the time. Really? Yeah. I I, uh, I created my own. I can't do a I can't do a Celtic cross. A buddy of mine made his own too. Yeah, I think everybody should make their own spreads. And it's a full life life lesson, twelve cards. Good, and I can do it in fifteen minutes. It's it's all about knowing knowing your just like any business. It's knowing your 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 logic and your product. Exactly. And so much of it is just self-trust. Oh, uh, Miss Allenson says she'll take a reading. Sure. Sure. Okay. Got a question or are we just going to shoot um, and see she, what sticks? So I don't know. I don't know if you can read or not, but she said, good to see you again. This is Allison Richards. Oh, she hey, said, what's up, Allison? She said we needed to do another chart check in. It's been <laughs> nine years. Okay, we can do and, that. And then she says she's always up for a reading. So. All right. I guess playing it <laughs> off the cuff. Yep, we can do that. Wow, it's been nine. Jesus, now, now this makes sense. Oh no! <laughs> She's aging you. Ah, no, that's life. <laughs> that's experience. You know, typo negative said it best. Life is killing me. <laughs> Jim Morrison said it second best. No one here gets out alive. Oh, I love Jim Morrison. <laughs> American poet. Yes. Uh, so, uh, okay, we'll do this. She just said 2014. When it was. Wow, okay. That's been a minute. And then we have some other comments, but I'll get to them whenever you're done. So the main thing, Allison, is when I flip the cards... You're doing a good job of emotional control right now. Your spirit contact is stronger than normal. So continue to put the emotions to work for you. Between now and uh, Equinox, you might have to lay down some boundaries with people and stand in your own personal power. But remember that the way to proceed right now is slowly. At the top of the reading, I got the Queen of Pentacles. So you two might uh, talk about that later. That's the overall vibe of Allison's life right now. In the distance, going back four to five years or so ago, there was a bit of sorrow, but it's the sorrow that comes from the death of innocence or the death of naivety. So it sucked at the time, but in the long run, it worked out. Last few months, we got the five of cups, so it wasn't exactly a happy holiday season. 
And then for the next uh, three to five months, so between now and about uh, early August, we got the Eight of Swords, which is card with a card of interference, delays, feeling like you're trapped or stuck. So it looks like whatever this emotional stuff was that went on a few months ago might have a hand in upcoming delays. And the reason I point this out is that this combination could say that you're guilty of self-sabotage. So don't be. The thoughts you keep to yourself, the chariot, your mind's going a million miles an hour. People in your life see you as successful with the six of wands. Deep down inside, you've got that princess of wands energy. So you can see that you've still got that youthful fire for the princess of wands, but it's manifesting as the queen of cups. And you, that's a good thing because princesses become queens. The challenge is the element from fire to water. Right now, you're manifesting more of an emotional side, but your fire and specifically your spiritual fire is kind of what's lurking beneath the surface. And then six months from now in September, for the final outcome, we got the moon. So it's going to be a time of productivity. It's going to be a time of creativity. It's going to be a time of imagination, of psychic unfoldment. But it's also a time to listen to your intuition. A lot of people forget that the moon might show up if you are being surrounded by people that will trick you or deceive you. So overall, it could be a rough summer if you self-sabotage. If you don't self-sabotage, you might feel like you're spinning your wheels a lot. And that's where you can rely on the Queen of Cups to emotionally get through things. But then in six months, embrace your creativity. But if you think somebody's trying to pull the wool over your eyes, they probably are. So this was her response. Been getting a queen of cups, six of wands, but in the background, nine of pentacles. So then that makes sense. The What's building in the background is a foundation of abundance, good health and prosperity. Good. Thank you so much for, for that. Thank you, Allison, for reaching out for a reading. Um, so we do have another another reading, but before we get there, we have a question, and I guess we can both answer this one. What do you do when friends want free readings? Yeah, it depends on the friend. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, we got to set some boundaries. Exactly. And usually, if they're a friend, then I know what's going on in their life. So mm. if they're going through a hard time, I'll usually do it for free. Yeah. But if everything's fine in their life and they want a reading and they're pulling the friend card to get out of paying you, well, then I'll charge them. I yeah. might charge them a discounted rate. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I'll, I'll charge them. It yeah. just depends on mitigating circumstances, I guess, is a good way to put it. And, and since this question was brought up, I, I have to kind of lay another one on here. What our friends are abusing our energy for free readings. Oh, I just I just channel my inner bartender and inner bouncer. You're cut off. 
Yep. We can still be Fair friends, enough. but don't ask me for any more readings, yeah. at least for the short term. You know, if they're a friend, you don't want to cut them off for good. Yeah. But you do kind of got to say, hey, I got stuff going on. I need to save this energy for that or something. <laughs> I will. I myself personally, I, I prefer to send them to someone else to do it. Yeah, because I feel like I am too close to the situation. I got I got friends that will read for me all day long because they are able to do that. But I feel like like I won't even read for myself. Right. And I've I've been in your shoes. I totally get I what can. you're saying. Yeah. Sometimes I go through periods where I don't read for myself. OK. And and here's I got it. I got the question. Okay, so Perfect if, someone, if someone like, because I see these all the time and people do these to me all the time, they will they'll shuffle and throw down a couple of cards, send them to me and say, here, what do you see? I can't do that. Uh, I haven't had anybody do that for me. Really? Yep. Well, I'm going to do that to me. That's an unsolicited <laughs> tarot pick. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. That's funny. I'd probably answer that with, I don't know, what do you see? I can't I can't read someone else's reading. Those cards aren't for me. Right. You know, you know, I mean, and it's it's hard to explain that, I guess. It is, but you know, that's that's true. A lot of it has to do with the energy of the person doing the cards, the energy of the person getting the reading. You know, there's a lot of metaphysical factors that go into it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so next reading, uh, 82883, just toss and see what sticks. <laughs> ah, another Virgo. <laughs> so let's see. So right off the bat, turn in 40, right? So that means you're at the Uranus opposition. So this is what society calls the midlife crisis. It's a time where you might try and act half your age for various reasons, or it's a time to just kind of step into your own power. It really depends. But regardless, it also means a lot of unexpected things are going to be coming up and causing you to deal with them. So that's piece number one, just off the astrological life cycle. Now, that also means you're a Gen Xer. What's up, fellow Gen Xer? I love a Gen X. Oh, yeah. They're the ultimate fuck around and find out generation. Yes, we are. And I will show you what I'm looking at. This is a, a very good friend that anybody can have. It's an ephemeris. And this has uh, a whole bunch of charts. And it looks really confusing, but it's just the placement in the signs for particular planets on any given day. So you can look up people's basic information without knowing their birth time. So August 28th, Sun in Virgo, Moon probably in Aries, born during a Venus retrograde, and what I find interesting about that is that also means right now transiting Chiron in Aries is 
approximately conjunct your moon. So emotional wounds having to do with a sense of being or sense of self might be coming up and playing inhibiting factors in life. And the problem with this is that this transit is a long one. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe normal aged. I think she's honestly, because because I know her and I, I feel like she's going in through her second childhood. She's just in her second win and she's full force right now. I've, I've discovered that that transit, your Uranus opposition, your midlife crisis manifests differently in men than it does women. You, for you, women, it's more stepping into their own personal power. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's more empowering for them. And the line of thought behind it is real simple, which is that by this time, the family life's done. You've done a career somewhere. You just get tired of it. So you start doing your own thing more. You know, you kind of branch out. That's what this Chiron moon transit can kind of be challenging with is because it's saying, well, before you move on, you've got to deal with these emotional wounds. So have fun with that. It's going to last a couple of years. Okay. Right now, my kids will be turning 18 and moving out in the next few years. I can wild out if I want. <laughs> Kidding. That's too much energy. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not too much energy. Back me up on this. Am I right? Yeah, no, it's not too much energy. You just change your definition of what wilding it out means. When yeah. I was in my 20s, wilding it out meant doing a whole bunch of shady shit for days on end. Now that I'm in my 40s, wilding out means staying up till 11 instead of going to bed at 10. Having, having an orange juice right, be right before bedtime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why not start now yeah exactly uh, all right so uh that that was uh rachel um so anyway uh l last reading we got coming up is brenda 2263 whatever the cards tell you 2263 love it yeah oh i can't wait for to hear this one <laughs> oh it'll be good of course it will and it's yes. the last one so we're going out on a bang oh you have no idea good i like that sometimes being oblivious is good mm -hmm. so first of all with the cards Right now, it looks like you're turning a blind eye to some emotionally charged situations in your life, and you're either intentionally ignoring them or you just don't know they exist. So I would encourage you to determine which it is. Between now and the end of the month, it's a good time for new beginnings, but you're going to have to take that leap of faith into the unknown, which means you probably will not see a safety net, and that's part of the test. We got the fool for position two. Overall vibe of the whole reading is nice with the strength card. You've got enough strength to get through this, so don't doubt yourself. When you were a child, you learned how to get good with laying down boundaries with people. The last few months have brought a lot of lining things up. 
But then position six between now and early August is the seven of swords. So you may feel frustrated for a few months. You may feel like time is being stolen from you. I would also encourage you to make sure you lock up your belongings during the summer because this could be literal theft as well. Position eight, talking about a straight shooter, position eight is the thoughts you keep to yourself and what other people don't see. And I'm calling you out right here on the live air because I got the eight of swords, which is the card of interference. And this card came up earlier. I said it could be self-sabotage. Well, in position seven, you're probably sabotaging yourself. I hate to say it, but you're shooting yourself in the foot. Now, the thing about this, though, is that all you've got to do is change your perspective, and that card will change. A real good example of this is if someone says they're saving up to buy a house, but they are going out to the bars every week. Well, guess what? That's not how you're going to save up to get a house. You want to align your behavior with your goals. Position eight's nice. Your environment sees you as the emperor. So they see you as a strong-willed leader uh, with a lot of strong qualities, someone not afraid to make things happen. Position nine is your subconscious. It's the two of pentacles. So you're going through a major change in your subconscious right now. And it probably has to do with a spiritual initiation. And then position 10 in six months is the Queen of Cups. So right after the September equinox, you can expect your mediumship skills to increase. You can expect your emotional control to be, to, uh, be sharper than normal. And being your own worst enemy is definitely that Eight of Swords. Yeah. So overall, it's not a bad reading. The only challenging cards are the Seven and the Eight of Swords. So a lot of this is in your own mind. The Seven of Cups right now, it's a challenging card because you're not seeing things clearly, but it's not that bad because you might not be in denial about something. You might just not be seeing it clearly. And there's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the serenity prayer. Focus on what you can control, not what you can't. And that's kind of the message here for right now. If you know what you're avoiding, well, in the next two weeks, it's time to deal with it. If you don't know what you're avoiding, then put your feelers out and see if you can figure it out. Time to take care of business. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so very much for joining in with the conversation and the readings for tonight. We greatly appreciate you. And thank you so much, Bill. You have been awesome. It, it's been great getting to know you and hearing all about you and everything that you, you do. It's just amazing. Likewise, it's been nice getting to know you too. All right. All right. So everybody, we will see you um, uh, next week on Divination Night. And where can people find you up next? Where's the next thing for you? So let's see. The next thing for me are a couple of events here in the metro area this weekend. But then a week from tomorrow night is going to be the next class with the Gaia Den. We're doing it over Zoom, so you don't have to be present there or here. Uh, definitely check that out. If you want to know more about me before uh, investing in a class, check out my YouTube channel. It's got free classes on there, but then also just videos covering a lot of topics.
All right, so links to your website and your Facebook is in the comment section. So everybody can go there and find that and go and book with him. What are you waiting for? Go do it now. I love it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Happy Wednesday. See you later.